Good morning, good morning, everyone. Hallelujah, good morning. I am so glad that you're with me today. And uh, full 180, last day for the week. So glad that you're joining me today. Again, just a little tired, so I'm gonna have you look at a video I took in Hawaii. And um, that always makes me feel better to see water. <laughs> Anyways, let us pray. Pastor Jay here with the full 180. We're going to pray and take our communion. And then we will read the word together. Here we go. Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we glorify your name. We ask now, Lord, that you would just see us, Lord, that you would wash us with your, with your blood. Lord, we repent of our sins, Lord God. We ask your forgiveness, God, for the thoughts of our heart, the thoughts of our mind. Lord, I ask now, Lord, that you would literally just take us, take me and wash me clean, Lord. Anything that I might have done or said or thought, God, that is displeasing or against your word or against against your presence, Lord, I pray that you would just forgive me now. Lord, I repent. <clears throat> Lord, I turn, from, turn from, from going one direction and turn towards you, Lord God. I thank you for your forgiveness, Lord. I thank you for your mercy. And I thank you for your enabling grace, Lord. I thank you that you forgive freely, Lord, when we turn our when we turn our, our eyes, Lord, and we we humble ourselves and pray and seek your face and turn from our wicked ways. Lord, you hear from heaven and you forgive our sins, and we are so grateful. We are so grateful. And he said in his word that he took the bread and he broke it, and he gave thanks. And he said, This is my body broken for you. He said, Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, we remember and we are grateful and we thank you so much for your broken body. Let us take, <clears throat> pardon me, the symbol of his broken body together. <clears throat> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And it says in the same way he took the cup and he blessed it. And he said, this is the blood of my new covenant. He said, <clears throat> and it is for the forgiveness of the sins of the whole world. And he said, as often as you do, do this in remembrance of me. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your blood, Lord. We thank you that you shed it just for us. Lord, we are not worthy. We do not deserve it, God. But you loved us so much that you died on the cross, Lord. And we thank you for your blood that was shed. Let us take the symbol of his sacrifice together. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. We glorify you. And thank you, Lord, for the cross. We thank you for the resurrection, Lord. We thank you that you didn't stay in the tomb, but you rose and gave us victory, Lord. We are so grateful. <clears throat> okay, here we are. We are in Luke 14, and we are going to read today. And um, then uh, we will uh, go over our scriptures one last time that we're supposed to memorize by Sunday. All right, let us read the word together. Luke 14, Jesus heals on the Sabbath. It happened on the Sabbath that when he went for a meal at a house of one of the ruling Pharisees, that they were watching him closely and carefully, hoping to entrap him. And there in front of him was a man who had um, dropsy, extreme swelling. And Jesus asked the lawyers and Pharisees, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they kept silent and he took hold of the man and healed him and sent him on his way. Then he said to them, which one of you having a son or an ox that falls into a well will not immediately put him out? on the Sabbath day, 
and they were unable to reply to this parable of the guests. Now Jesus began telling a parable to the invited guests when he noticed how they had been selecting in places the places of honor at the table, saying to them, When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down to eat at the place of honor, since a more distinguished person than you may have been invited to the host. He who invited both of you will come and say to you, Give this man your place. Then in disgrace you proceed to take the last place. But when you are invited, go sit down and eat at the last place, so that when your host comes, he will say, Friend, move up higher, and then you will be honored in the presence of all who are at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled before others, and he who habitually humbles himself keeps a realistic self-view and will be exalted. Jesus also went on to say to one that invited him, When you give a luncheon or dinner and do not invite do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or wealthy neighbors otherwise they may also invite you in return that you will be that will be your repayment but when you give a banquet or a reception invite the poor the disabled and the lame the blind and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for they will be for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous the just and the upright when one of those when one of those who were reclining at the table with him heard this, he said to him, Happy, blessed, prosperous, to be admired is he who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Parable of the dinner. Jesus said to him, A man was giving a big dinner. Pardon me. And he invited many guests at that dinner. Um, sorry, one second. Sorry, I need to make sure you guys got this going here. Um, at that dinner, and at the dinner hour, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, "Come, because everything is ready now." But they all alike began to make excuses. The first one said to him, "I have purchased a piece of land that I have to go out and see it. Please consider me excused." Another one said, "I have purchased five yoke of oxen and I'm going out, going to try them out." <clears throat> Please consider me excused. And another said, I have recently married a wife. For that reason, I am unable to come. So the servant came back and reported this to the master. Then his master, the head of the household, became angry at the rejections of his invitation and said to his servant, Go out and quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the disabled and the blind and the lame. And the servant, after returning, said, Sir, what you have what you commanded has been done. And still there is room. Then the master told the servant, Go out into the highways and along the hedges and compel them to come in, so that my house may be filled with guests. For I tell you, not one of those who were invited and declined will taste my dinner. Ooh, Jesus. Discipleship tested. <clears throat> now large crowds were going along with Jesus, and he turned to them and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, in the sense of indifference or related or relative disregard for them in comparison with his attitude towards God, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow after me, believing in me, conforming to my example of living, and if need be, suffer or perhaps die because a faith in me cannot be my disciple. For which one of you, when he wants to build a watchtower for his guards, does not first sit down to calculate the cost and see if he has enough to finish it? Otherwise, when he is laid a foundation and is unable to finish the building, all who will see it will begin to ridicule him. <clears throat> 
saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, when he sets out to meet another king in battle, will not first sit down and consider whether he is strong enough with 10,000 men to encounter the one who is coming against him with 20,000. 20,000. Pardon me, hiccups. Or else, if he feels he is not powerful enough while the other king is still a far distance away, he sends an envoy and asks for terms of peace. So then, none of you can be my disciple who does not carefully consider the cost and then, for my sake, give up all his own possessions. Therefore, salt is good, but if salt has become tasteless, with what will it be seasoned? It It is fit neither for the soil nor for the men manure pile it is thrown away and he who hears has ears to hear let him hear and heed my words the lost sheep now all the tax collectors and sinners including non-observant jews were coming near to jesus to listen to him both the pharisee pharisees and the scribes began muttering and complaining saying this man accepts and welcomes sinners and eats with them oh my god how religious is that my god Lord, let us not become that way. So he told them this parable. What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost, searching until he finds it? And when he find, and when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he gets home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more room in heaven more room, more joy in heaven over the one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. <sighs> Pardon me. The lost coin. Or what woman, if she has 10 silver coins, each one equal to a day's wage, and loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house to search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls together her women, friends, and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents, that is, changes his inner self, his old way of thinking, regrets past sins, lives in his life in a way that proves repentance and sees God's purpose for his own life, the prodigal son. Then he said, a certain man had two sons, a younger of them inappropriately said to his father, Father, give me my share of the property that falls to me. So he divided the estate between them. After a few days later, the young son gathered together everything that he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he wasted his fortune in reckless and immoral living. Now when you ha he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in, the, in that country. And he began to do without and be in need. So he went and forced himself on one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He would have gladly eaten the, the carapods that the pigs were eating, but they could not satisfy his hunger. <sighs> Pardon me. And no one was giving anything to him. But when he finally came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough food while I am dying here for hunger of hunger? I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Just treat me like one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father. <clears throat> but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to, his, said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Quickly, bring me... 
Bring out the best robe for the guest of honor and put it on him and give him a ring for his hand and sandals for his feet and bring the fattened calf and slaughter it and let us invite everyone and feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was as good as dead and is alive again. He was lost and he has been found. So they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field and when he returned and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. So he summoned one of the servants and began asking, what does this celebration meant? <clears throat> Pardon me. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But the elder brother became angry and deeply resentful and was not willing to go in. And his father came out and begged, began pleading with him. But he said to his father, look, these many years I have served you. I have never neglected nor disobeyed your command. Yet you have never... <clears throat> Yet you have never given me as so as much as a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this other, other son of yours arrived, who has devoured your estate with immoral women and slaughtered the fattened calf for him, the father said to him, son, you are always with me and that is, and all that is mine is yours. But it was fitting to celebrate and rejoice for this brother of yours was as good as dead and has begun and has begun to live. He was lost and has been found. The unjust steward manager. Now the Jesus was also saying to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a man, a manager of his estate and accusations against this man were brought to him and this man was squandering his master's possessions. So he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management of my affairs for you can no longer be my manager. The manager of the estate said to himself, what will I do since my master is taking the management away from me? I am not strong enough to dig for a living and I am ashamed to beg. I know what I will do. So when I am removed from the management, people who are my master's debtors will come to me, will welcome me into their homes. So he summoned his master's debtors one by one and said to, said to his first, how much do you owe my master? He said, a hundred measures of olive oil. And he said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. <clears throat> then he said to another, how much do you owe? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. And his master commended the, the unjust manager, not for his misdeeds, but because he had acted shrewdly by preparing for his future unemployment <clears throat> for the son of his <clears throat> sons of his age, the non-believers are shrewd in relation to their own kind, that is, to the ways of the secular world, then they are sons of light, the believers. I'm sorry. He said, <clears throat> and I tell you, Learn from this, make friends for yourselves for eternity by means of the wealth of unrighteousness. That is, use material sources as a way to further the work of God so that when it runs out, they will welcome you into the eternal dwellings. He who is faithful in a very little, in very little thing is also faithful in much, and he who is dishonest in very little thing is also dishonest in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful <clears throat> in the use of earthly wealth, who will entrust you, trust the true riches to you? And if you have not been faithful in the use of what earthly wealth which belongs to another, whether God or man, and of which you are trustee, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can have served two masters, for neither for either will hate 
the one and love the other, or he will stand devotedly by one who despises the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. That is your earthly possessions or anything else you trust in and rely on instead of God. Now the Pharisees who were the lovers of money were listening to all these things and were sneering and ridiculing him. So he said to them, you are the ones who declare yourselves just and upright in the sight of man, but God knows your hearts, your thoughts, your desires, your secrets for that which is highly esteemed among men, is detestable in the sight of God. The law and the writings of the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since then, the gospel of the kingdom has been and continues to be preached, and everyone tries forcefully to go into it. Yet it is easier for for heaven and earth to pass away than for a single stroke of the letter of the law to fail and become void. Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery, and he who marries one who is divorced from her husband commits adultery. the rich man and Lazarus. Now there was a certain rich man who was habitually dressed in expensive purple and fine linen and had celebrated and lived joyously in splendor every day. And a poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate covered with sores. He eagerly longed to eat the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. Now it happened that the poor man died, and his spirit was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom paradise, and the rich man also died and was buried in Hades, the realm of the dead. Being in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom paradise, and he cried out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus so that he may dip the finger the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in severe agony in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, all the comforts and delights, and Lazarus likewise, bad things, all the discomforts and distresses. But now he is comforted here in paradise while you are in severe agony. And besides all this, between us and you, people, a great chasm, sorry, has been fixed so that those who want to come over here to to you will not be able, and none may cross over <clears throat> from there to us. So the rich man said, Then, Father Abraham, I beg you to send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers, five brothers, in order that they may solemnly warn them and witness to them, so that they too will not come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have the scriptures given by Moses and the writings of the prophets. Let them listen to them. He replied, No, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. They will change their old way of thinking and seek God and his righteousness. And he said to him, If they do not listen the messages of Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded, even if someone rises from the dead. My goodness, my God, today, let me tell you, God is good. His word is powerful, and we have so much to be thankful for. Here we go. Let us let us read our scriptures for today in 2 Timothy 3.16. All scriptures given by inspiration of God and is for is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, and righteousness. 2 Timothy 3.16, Joshua 1.8. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you shall observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you will be made your sorry, you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Joshua 1.8. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that it changes us, Lord, that it teaches us. 
Lord, that it guides us, that it shows us the right path and to stay away from the wrong path. Lord, I thank you for these that are here today. Lord, we put on the full armor of God, Lord, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. We shot our feet with the preparation of the gospel of your peace. We put on our helmet of salvation. We take our shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. Lord, let us be a blessing today. Lord, let us walk in your blessing. Lord, we today, we declare we will walk in your word. We will walk in your spirit and we will walk by faith. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I love you. I'll see some of you on Sunday at the river at 1130. We're baptizing nine this week. And the rest of you that don't go to the river, I will see you on Monday for the full 180. I love you.